The following program has been paid for by the Truth and Liberty Coalition. The political views expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Welcome to a special Truth and Liberty broadcast with Andrew Womack. Today, Andrew is joined by several political leaders as they discuss the importance of the upcoming election and why you need to vote your values. Christians need to participate. We can't do this without God. We are having a pitch battle about whether America is going to remain a free nation or whether it's going to become something very, very different. This election and what happens in the next six months may very well determine what happens with the future of this country. And now, here's Andrew. Hello and welcome to our Monday's broadcast. This week, I'm doing something very special. I'm taking a panel discussion that we had in our Summer Family Bible Conference where I had Bill Federer, General Jerry Boykin, Tony Perkins, E.W. Jackson, and Janet Boynes and myself, and we just discussed all of the political, moral, social issues facing us today, and we lined that up with how should a Christian vote on these things. And I know that this is kind of political. That's the reason that we are sponsoring this week's programs from our Truth and Liberty. This is a special uh, organization that I started. It's a 501c4 that allows me freedom to speak out on these things without any government restrictions and things. And so uh, we are paying for this week's broadcast from my Truth and Liberty uh, uh, organization. And uh, I'll give you some more information about that at the end. But I tell you, this is important. It's something you need to hear. I believe it'll bless you and help people. So watch this. I'll be back at the end of today's broadcast. Let me just start over here. And uh, I've got bios on all of them, and it's multiple pages. These people are very well versed. And uh, I'm not going to go through all of this, but let me just start down here with Bill Federer. He's been a real friend to us. He's ministered here many, many times. You ministered, I think, last summer Family Bible Conference here. And uh, he is a, um, I don't know what the official title is, but I'd call him a historian. He knows history like David Barton and him are the two most well-versed people in that that I've ever heard. And he ministered last year here. It's just tremendous. He has an American Minute that I get every day. If you go to our Truth and Liberty website, we've got every one of his American Minutes loaded on our uh, website, and they're organized according to topics. And if you don't get that, I've been getting his American Minute for years, and I read them every day. There may be a few days exception, but it is just phenomenal. You are going to be blessed uh, by Bill Federer. He's got a bunch of books that he's written. He's got them all listed in here, and it's too many for me to mention. But he's a blessing. Then we got General Boykin with us. He's a retired general uh, from the U.S. Army, and I think it was, what, 36 years that he served? And General Boykin served, um, let's see, with the Special Warfare Center. He commanded the Army Green Berets and Special Forces, Delta Force. He's also a vice president with uh, Family Research Council, which is Tony Perkins right here next to him. And Tony has been a Baptist pastor. He's run for... Uh, uh, government seats in Louisiana has served. He's been the president of Family Research Council for how many years? 17 
17 years. He has access to the president and has uh, had many conversations with the president and has a great insight because of that connection and has been very influential with the president. And he does a lot of things. Honestly, as soon as you get to listening to these guys, you'll love them. And then we got E.W. Jackson, and uh, he has been with us a number of times. Matter of fact, he was just with us a month ago here at our Truth and Liberty Coalition Conference. And uh, that was our coming out party. Uh, we, we decided that we weren't going to be quiet anymore. And we had about five or 600 people here. And I tell you, E.W. was so powerful that I gave him my time and said, take over my time because he's, he's just a blessing. And uh, E.W., uh, he's also a Marine. Is that correct? He was a Marine. And he, uh, he's a Harvard graduate. He's a lawyer. And uh, he's also a pastor. And he is a blessing. And I tell you, I, I love E.W. He had a uh, message that he ministered here, I think two years ago. That's one of the best I've ever heard in my life. And then this is Janet Boyne and she is a good friend. And, uh, she is the president. She started Janet Boyne ministries and she, uh, uh, lived a homosexual or a lesbian lifestyle for 14 years, got delivered of that. And now she is using all of her resources to be able to deal with people on this issue. And so I think that between all of this panel, isn't that awesome? I think that we are going to be able to cover all of these topics and deal with things. So again, the purpose of this is unashamedly, we are saying that if you are a Christian, you should let the Bible get in the way of what you believe. And I just cannot understand people who say that they're Christians and yet take stands on issues that are completely contrary to everything the Bible says. Now, we might have somebody here that's like that. If you are, we love you. We aren't criticizing you, but we are unashamedly going to say that here are the issues that we're dealing with today and that we need to be electing people who will reflect our Christian values. And so we're going to talk about the Democratic platform. If, I, if I've got this right, we're going to list the Democratic stance on one screen, the Republican on another, and the issue in the middle. And uh, Tony has pointed out that the platforms aren't set yet for this year, but we're going to be talking about the way they were in the 2016 election, and there, there could be a change. So, but it's, it's going to give you an overview, basically, of what people believe. And um, I'm not going to tell you that you have to vote for a first, per first certain person, but we are going to say these are the issues and here's what the Bible says about it. And we are going to be discussing this. So basically, that's what we're doing. The very first thing I'd like to say before we get into the issues, could I, and I'm going to welcome all of our panelists just to jump in and be a free for all. Okay. <laughs> But I would like for somebody to articulate how important this election is and why we need to get involved. Um, I think most of us would agree this, this is a critical election. Tony, about, uh, let's have you start and just talk about what, how important this is. 
Well, thank you, Andrew, and uh, thanks for the invitation to be here. And it's great to see everybody. Great to be back. Uh, it's, it was actually we were here before the last election, right before the election, uh, doing something very similar uh, to encourage people to turn out to to vote, to educate, and to inform. You know, as Americans, we have the right to vote. And uh, you know, the the general spent thirty six and a half years in the, the army. We both spent time in the Marine Corps. Our, our right to vote is something that men have paid their lives for us to have the right to do. But as Christians, it's more than a right. It's a responsibility. We have a responsibility to cast an informed vote along biblical guidelines. It, it's not even what our opinion, our opinion really doesn't matter. It is what biblical truth says. And if you've noticed lately, truth is under attack in America. And we have to defend that truth. We have to stand for that truth. That's our calling as believers is to stand on the truth, defend the truth, proclaim the truth, because Jesus said it is the truth that will make men free. And this election is about the truth. You know, we hear it every time. I've heard it for the last, I've been involved a quarter of a century I've held public office. I've been involved in elections from president on down to, I haven't made dog catcher yet, but I'm working my way down. But you hear every election is the most important election of your life. How many, how many of you heard that in the last 10 years? Well, you know what? It's true. Every successive election is the most important election because America is a divided nation and we're seeing how one worldview is going to dominate. And it's like oil and water. And you'll see that in the platforms tonight. There has never been a clearer contrast between the two major parties in America today than right now. And what's at stake? Your family, your religious freedom, your ability to worship God. And when we talk about worship, we're not talking about the political definition of worship, meaning what church you choose to go into. We're talking about a biblical definition of worship. And what does Paul say? Whatever you do, you eat or drink, do to the glory of God. It is doing everything according to the teaching of Scripture, teaching your children, instructing your children, living it out in the marketplace. All of that, all of that is at risk in this election. Your ability to share the gospel both in word and in deed, is what's at stake in this election. The courts, the school, the school rooms, the military, everything. And, uh, and it is so important, and you'll hear this tonight, that you are informed and that you are influencing your friends, your family, to, to vote and to cast an informed ballot based upon biblical truth and those biblical values. You know... <laughs> Uh, Andrew, the, the issue you raise is, is just, it's absolutely critical for every single one of us. And if any of you, as probably most of you do here, have children and grandchildren, and if Jesus tarries great-grandchildren, the question before us for this election is, what kind of country is this going to be? You know, when uh, Ben Franklin was met by Mrs. Powell on September 17, 1787, coming out of the Constitutional Convention, she said, well, Mr. Franklin, what have you given us, a monarchy or a republic? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. 
And we are at that moment, I believe, where the founding fathers are looking down from heaven, wondering, are we going to keep it? Because look, this is not just like any other election. All this stuff that's going on right now, pulling down the statues, it's not about pulling down statues. It's about pulling down America. That's why they started with the Confederate flag, uh, Confederate monuments, but now they've gone on to George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln and abolitionists. Anything that represents America has got to go. And so this Black Lives Matter movement is not about saving black lives, which is why they don't talk about the black on black crime that's happening all over the country, the thousands of young black men who are dying in the streets of our country. They don't talk about the ones who've been killed in the autonomous zone in Seattle. They don't talk about the ones who are dying of fentanyl drug overdoses and in gang warfare. They don't talk about that because they don't care about black lives. What they care about is using that as a Marxist ploy to get people to buy into some sort of socialist communist worldview for this country and flip it over. And for those of you out there, and I'm sure this is all of you, who feel as I do. I love this country. I love this country. Um, I, I, I can't, you know, I've said to people, when you are born a citizen of the United States of America, you hit the proverbial lottery because you got born into the greatest nation in the history of mankind with more opportunity and possibility for fulfilling your God-given potential than anywhere else that's ever existed on the face of the earth. And I really believe that God entrusted this country into the hands of believers. And it's up to us more than anybody else who really sees what's happening, because we were talking about it before we came out. Most people don't understand what's going on, Andrew. They don't get it. They, they just think, well, we're just having a little debate. It, no, we're, we are having a pitch battle about whether America is going to remain a free nation, a constitutional republic, or whether it's going to become something very, very different. And look, we either fight these battles at the ballot box or we're going to end up fighting them in our backyards. So every, I want to echo what Tony said. Every one of you has got to be registered to vote. Every one of you has got to make sure that every friend with their head on straight, uh, every family member, you've got to make sure they're registered to vote. You've got to make sure that they get out to vote. This is an absolutely critical election because if the wrong people get in power, look, it's not just about changing the country, it's about punishing every single one of us for having stood against them because that's what socialism and communism always does. And I'm here to, I'm here, Andrew, I got the invitation a few days ago. I told my office, drop everything, I'm going because I'm committed to making sure that we save the United States of America. Amen. I knew you'd like E.W. If we could just get him passionate about something, it'd be awesome. You know, E.W. grew up in poverty, was in the foster care system, and yet wound up graduating from Harvard. He is a success story, and he knows what he's talking about. Bill, real quickly, you spoke here last year about how that I forgot the exact terminology, but anyway, it's demonic. It is a deliberate plan to take over the nation through chaos and doing all of these things. And we are at that critical juncture in this nation. If you could just give us a little context, context for this. 
After World War II, Britain gave independence to all of its colonies. So did France and Germany. And they started brand new countries. And in a perfect world, that would be great, except the Soviet Union decided it wanted to take over these countries and make them satellites of the Soviet Union. And so they would send in KGB agents into these countries to identify groups that had grievances. Maybe they were discriminated against or they were in a lower economic class. They just got through World War II, so there are a lot of people with problems. They'd organize, organize them to protest and then riot and then they would bribe and threaten the media to blame the current leader for all the problems. And then they would nurture relationships with weak links in the military. And when the population got so uh, scared of the, the violence, they would do a coup. They would arrest the leader and or do a rigged election. They would put in their Soviet puppet and the dust would settle at first, everybody's happy that the violence stopped, but then they realized that they just gave up all their freedoms forever. Well, uh, Truman sat back and said, uh, the United Nations is going to bring world peace, so he doesn't do anything. But then Iran gets a leader named Mazadek, who's going to align with the Soviet Union. And he nationalizes the oil industry. You say, what's that? Winston Churchill uh, changed the British Navy from coal to oil. And there's only one oil well in England. So in 1908, they formed the Anglo-Iranian Oil Company. You know it better as BP. And when Mazadek takes over this company, Britain has no oil for its navy, and they go to Eisenhower and say, help. So Eisenhower has John Foster Dulles, our Secretary of State, send over a CIA operative named Kermit Roosevelt Jr., the grandson of Teddy Roosevelt. And he recruits the most feared mobsters in Tehran, the criminals, the radical imams, and they stage protests and they stage riots and they attack mosques and they bribe and threaten the media to blame Mazadek. They nurture relationships with weak links in the military. And when it gets to a fevered pitch, they do a house arrest of Mazadek and they lock him away for the rest of his life and they install the Shah. The Shah loved America. We did the same thing in the Congo in 1960, Guatemala. But the KGB did the same thing. Uh, there's pictures of Brezhnev hugging Yasser Arafat, helping to start the PLO, and Brezhnev hugging Castro. And so this is called the Cold War. And it's the subject of every spy novel, right? You go into a third world country, there's the Russians, and then there's the CIA, and they're going to do an assassination. And the only difference this time is, it, is it's happening on our own soil. You have groups coming in, and we know there's George Soros. I grew up 30 minutes from Ferguson, and 99% uh, of the people in Ferguson were not rioting. They were brought in by more Missourians organizing for reform and empowerment that got $33 million from George Soros. They did training in inner city churches on how to lock arms and block highways, and even practice doing emotional speeches when they shove the camera in your face. And they would teach them that the country is your audience, not the person in front of you. And then they, they rioted. And then they were promised $5,000 a person for rioting and they weren't getting paid. So they went to the Moore headquarters and they took it over and they started a hashtag cut the check campaign and it made local news. The city council talked about it. Finally, they hurried up and paid them off. But it was a rent to mob and they moved them to Baltimore, to Milwaukee, to, to North Carolina. What we're seeing is one of these operations. I was in Emporia, Kansas last week and they said, yeah, we had a pallet of bricks dropped off right where they were planning a riot. And the, enough people got upset that they stopped it. But you don't have pallets of bricks dropped off unless somebody's organizing. We already know there are people in the Department of Justice that do not like our president. 
and in the CIA and the FBI that do not like our president. And they've been trying for four years now to get Russia collusion and everything. It's not working. They've been practicing these CIA operations in other countries. There is an indication that we may be witnessing an attempt of a coup or a, they, re, they release false polling data. So when they do voter fraud, everybody says, well, you know, I expected it. I saw it. There's false polling data being let, let up. So, so anyway. Um, That's excellent. <laughs> I tell you what, he can go on for hours. What a blessing Bill Federer is. Amen. So this is a little video that uh, Tony's organization, Family Research Council, put out that is kind of an introduction to the difference in the platforms. We're going to get into these specific issues. If we could roll that video, we'll come back to the panel right after this. Let's talk about party platforms. This might seem boring, but they're important. Every four years, Democrats and Republicans gather, and each writes a document to establish how they will govern. That document is called a platform. It's a big deal because the platform defines what the parties believe and the policies they will pursue. Well, sure, there are times when politicians don't vote with their respective party platforms. But Republicans vote with theirs nearly nine-tenths of the time, and Democrats nearly three-quarters. A very large amount of the time, what you see in the platform is what you get with your politician. So, let's take a look at the platforms. On our first freedom, the freedom of religion, the Democrat platform is silent on the right of Americans to live according to their beliefs outside the walls of their churches and places of worship. The GOP platform affirms the rights of conscience for all, and for the first time, the platform calls for a repeal of the 1954 Johnson Amendment which effectively silenced churches on issues deemed political. On life, Democrats, for the first time, call for the federal government to force taxpayers to fund elective abortion. Democrats believe unequivocally that every woman should have access to safe and legal abortion. And to fund this access, their platform calls for repealing the Hyde Amendment. Republicans support an end to abortion and the funding of abortion. And the GOP supports a human life amendment to the Constitution. On marriage, Democrats embrace the redefinition of marriage, stating LGBT people have the right to marry the person they love. Republicans believe the cornerstone of society is natural marriage, the union of one man and one woman. On the Supreme Court, Democrats promise to appoint judges who protect a woman's right to abortion and see the Constitution as a blueprint for progress, pushing an agenda in which special rights for LGBT interests supersede religious liberty. Republicans support judges who respect traditional family values and the sanctity of innocent human life. They seek to enable courts to begin to reverse the long line of activist decisions, including Roe, Obergefell, and the Obamacare cases. On the military, Democrats claim our military is strongest when it includes people of all sexual orientations and gender identities, and they push to include elective abortion coverage in military and veterans' benefits. The Republican platform rejects the use of the military as a platform for social experimentation and supports the religious freedom of all military members, especially chaplains. On fighting terrorism, the Democrats believe in defeating terrorism and combating climate change. The Republican platform says radical Islamic terrorism poses an existential threat to personal freedom and peace around the world. We oppose its brutal assault on all human beings, all of whom have inherent dignity. 
On spending in the national debt, Democrats want to raise taxes and spend more to pay for ambitious progressive programs. Republicans believe the federal government spends too much, that our national debt is a burden on our economy and families, and we must impose firm caps on future debt and accelerate the repayment of the trillions we now owe. On school choice, Democrats offer no support for families who want private or faith-based schooling for their children. The GOP platform supports homeschooling, private or parochial schools, and vouchers. These things matter. And that little R and that little D next to a candidate's name, that says a lot. The parties are telling you what they will do. The question is, now that you know, what will you do? Praise God. So that was a quick summary of some of the things that we're going to be talking about tonight. Again, let me just say that these platforms are based on what has previously been done. They are still in the process of writing their platforms for this election cycle, but they aren't going to change significantly. I know that that blessed you today. And let me just explain that, you know, because of the political nature of this, I'm not doing this under Andrew Womack Ministries, a 501c3 but we've done it under Truth and Liberty, which is our 501c4 organization. It's costing about $350,000 for one week's worth of television and the production of it. And we're paying for it through Truth and Liberty. And my Truth and Liberty organization doesn't have that much money. Uh, we need people to help us, but I need to let you know that it is not tax deductible. And so if you would like to get this information out, that we've talked about today. And of course, we're gonna be doing this all week long. If you would like to support this, I would like to ask you to join with us in Truth and Liberty. One of the ways you can do that is to go to truthandliberty.net uh, slash donate and become a, a member with us, which a membership is $5 or more automatic uh, withdrawal per month. And that's a very small amount, but that's the way that we fund this. And so anyway, our announcer will give you all the information. Please join in, be a partner with us, and join us the rest of this week for these panel discussions. Thank you for joining us for this special broadcast brought to you by the Truth and Liberty Coalition. The panel discussion on today's program is only a portion of Andrew's entire interview titled America on the Brink, with Tony Perkins, E.W. Jackson, General Jerry Boykin, Bill Federer, and Janet Boynes. You can get the entire panel discussion on DVD as our free gift to you when you join with Truth and Liberty by becoming a member today. Also included with your membership, you'll receive the brand new theatrical DVD titled In God We Trust. This patriotic DVD features reenactments of significant American historical events along with inspiring musical numbers. You can become a member of Truth and Liberty Coalition and get both of these valuable resources by going to truthandliberty.net. While there, you'll discover other valuable resources, including voter guides, candidate information, party platforms, and much more. Truth and Liberty Coalition is a nonprofit 501c4. Donations are not tax deductible, but are essential in helping us fulfill our mission of positive change in our nation. Visit truthandliberty.net today to become a member or call our helpline at 719-635-1111 and stand with Andrew 
in promoting godliness in our nation. I'd like to encourage all of you who claim to really have a relationship with the Lord to get out and vote in these upcoming elections. I'm amazed that there were over 25 million Christians registered to vote who did not vote in the last election cycle. We have not only the privilege, but a responsibility to vote. So I'd just like to encourage you to take your Christian responsibility to vote seriously, get out, and vote for righteousness this election.